Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm just rotating my ties, rotating my ties, rotating my ties, rotating my ties. Now this could be one of those days. Top on my blades, leave my worries behind. Just pretend that I'm paid. Do it be do it low. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report Podcast, energized by Celsius. We have a Wednesday edition of the show. That is typically when we do our preview and breakdown of the Bucks next game. And this one, it is the Bucks against the Atlanta Falcons. A little bit of a different situation and setting going on in this one because the Bucks, as <clears throat> all of you Bucks fans know, are the champions of the NFC South. They have clinched that division and cannot move any higher in the seedings based on their record, where the Atlanta Falcons, on the other hand, are eliminated from playoff contention. So a whole lot of nothing to play for for the Buccaneers, depending on who you ask. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is... Scott Reynolds of PewterReport.com. And Scott, this isn't your typical Bucks versus a division rival matchup. It's a little bit different this week. Yeah, it really is. And, and it kind of stars around the quarterback position. We don't know. Um, we do know Tom Brady is going to play. We don't know how much. We don't know if we're going to see Kyle Trask. Uh, Todd Bowles did talk about possibly playing all three quarterbacks uh, today in uh, his press conference. So uh, it's interesting. That's kind of the focus today is is uh, if, if Brady's going to play, that probably means Donovan Smith would, would be the starter at left tackle. You'd want to do that, but Donovan didn't practice today. Uh, n- neither did, I think, Vita Vea was out as well. So Correct. There's there's a couple of, of injuries that they want to monitor and see if, if having a, a full week off or maybe a half off would help this team. And we do have some breaking news, uh, Bucks. Yeah. Wide receiver Mike Evans just won the NFC Offensive Player of the Week award, and uh, it, we we knew it was either going to be Evans or Tom Brady getting this award. Right, 432 passing yards for Brady, three touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. That's that's a a, a massive day for Tom. At the same time, it's not often that you see a receiver score three touchdowns in a game or go over 200 yards. Evans did that: ten catches, 207 yards. And three touchdowns. So I'm going to be getting that story up on PeterReport.com here in just a second, Matt. But uh, we've got a lot of stuff to get to from today's open locker room session. We'll take a look at the Atlanta Falcons. This is a team that really, for two years now, under Arthur Smith, is has kind of gone nowhere. Yeah. And and you have to wonder with Arthur Blank, how much patience does this owner have? You have to think, unless the Falcons somehow beat a, a Buccaneer team that is resting its starters only playing the starters for a quarter or a half. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have a losing record for sure. That's already guaranteed. And and they could be ending the season on another down note with with uh, the Buccaneers, who Tom Brady is, what, 11-0 against the Falcons all-time, including several wins as a Buccaneer. So 
I, I just don't know what the future holds for Arthur Smith in, in Atlanta and, and really how patient Arthur Blank and that organization is going to be. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, Scott, because you've talked about before and you've seen a lot of coaching changes with the Buccaneers. And typically, as, as you've said in the past, the Bucs will wait at least they'll give a coach at least two seasons to try to figure something out before they decide to uh, get rid of him. You've highlighted right. the fact that Lovey Smith didn't even win a game at home That's right. uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he was still given a, uh, a second season. So each ownership is different. You know, some are a little more patient than others. Uh, some are ready to rip the cord almost right away. So um, it, it'll be interesting because especially for the Falcons too, you know, for the Panthers, I, I think with Matt Rule before he got fired, he could have made the case like, hey, I haven't like really gotten a, a quarterback just yet. But for the Falcons, it's different because Arthur Smith, you still had Matt Ryan. If you want to say, all right, well, he was an aging veteran. Sure. But then they brought in a guy that Arthur Smith has worked with before, and they have a rookie as well with, with Desmond Ritter. So you're talking about, you know, three different quarterbacks now that Arthur Smith's been able to work with. Can he really go back to ownership and say, "Hey, just just give me a good quarterback, you know, give give me a give me a quarterback that I can draft within uh, the first 10 to 15 picks and then we really got something there." This is a very impatient league whether you like it or not. People want immediate results and that's why you see quarterbacks starting right away. Not everyone has the luxury of uh Aaron Rodgers back in the day or Patrick Mahomes or Kyle Trask even. <laughs> I'm not putting Kyle Trask in that same category. I just can't. I just wanted to say that anyway. Um, yeah, so a really tough situation for Atlanta right now, um, whether or not they can bring in their uh, – or whether or not, sorry, that uh, Arthur Smith will remain the head coach for next season. I think Bucks fans would probably hope that Arthur Smith is the head coach for next season, especially uh, – wow, that's a – <laughs> that's an interesting graphic right there. I didn't even know we had that one in the hopper to use. Yeah, uh, I didn't make it. It was the Falcons uh, graphic, but um, that was, that was when he was hired. And, you know, and you just look at the the record this year and, you know, they're six and 10 right now. They're, they, they're either going to be seven and 10, which is three games under 500, or they're going to be six and 11, which would be my guess. And, and so I, I, I just don't know if, if the, you know, if, if you look look at this ownership group in in Atlanta, um, and and they see the Buccaneers now winning the NFC South twice, and Carolina under Steve Wilkes, is that going to continue? It seems like the Panthers are a little bit further ahead than the Falcons. Falcons won, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven games last year. So it's 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 either going to be a regression or it's going to be a stagnation, right? Because right. they 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 were seven and ten last year, so. I I just don't know what the future holds. I, I think Atlanta had a good draft class. And the thing too is, is when you look at, at Atlanta, they they have a, a kind of a unique system in that it's very run heavy oriented. Mm -hmm. You've got a quarterback in Marcus Mariota, who's now out for the year with an injury, but he was, was a pretty good fit for that system. He just continued to make mistakes very much like Jameis Winston, his 2015 uh, counterpart in the draft just couldn't overcome the mistakes to make up, you know, for, for some of the, or I should say, couldn't make enough big plays to overcome the mistakes that he made. That was kind of the, the, the tale of Winston and Mariota looking back at that 2015 draft when they went one and two, 
Winston to Tampa Bay. And then, of course, to Tennessee goes Marcus Mariota. And that's where Arthur Smith came from. And yep. with that that run-heavy, uh, you know, Derrick Henry type of, of, of ground game. And that's what he's tried to build here in Atlanta. And one of the of the, the running backs that that uh, that Atlanta drafted was was a player that, that I liked a lot. I think yep. you did, too, coming out of the draft. And, and that was uh, Algier, Tyler Algier out, out of BYU. Uh, a really solid rookie season so far. Uh, obviously, Cordell per- uh, Cordero Patterson started the season as the the running back. He's now kind of seeded some of those those carries and duties to Algier. He also missed some time with an injury, but Algier nine hundred yards rushing, a healthy four point eight yard average. He's got a forty four yard run, which is the longest run of any Falcons player this year, and three touchdowns on the ground. They've still turned to Patterson more towards the goal line, even though Algier is a big back. But I think he's got a bright future. They also drafted Drake London in the first round, kind of a Mike Evans clone. Not good as as good as Evans is, but still 66 catches, 746 yards, four touchdowns. And he just doesn't have you know, that elite a quarterback throwing to him. And, and one of the, the players they drafted this year, and again, talking about the Atlanta draft, which I, I thought was a pretty solid draft class, is Desmond Ritter. We're going to see how Desmond Ritter fares in what will be his what third fourth start. He's he's played in three games. I guess this would be his his third start. He's completed sixty three point five percent of his passes, four hundred and eighty four yards. Has not really done much with the deep ball in terms of of testing defenses with his arm. His longest completion is only twenty six yards this season at at eighty five attempts. No touchdowns, but no interceptions. He's been sacked seven times. He does have some mobility, which is, again, part of that Arthur Smith scheme. And he's rushed for for um, 55 yards on, on 14 carries. Uh, you know, nothing to write home about. No touchdowns on the ground. And, and more importantly, I think for Atlanta and their fans, the Desmond Ritter era has, you know, has, uh, uh, you know, ended – with, or I should say, started with a couple of losses, one to New Orleans, 21-18, a 17-9 loss at Baltimore, and then they did beat the the Cardinals, uh, much like the Bucks did in a close game, 20-19. But I, I just don't know. I, I I think, you know, the Bucks were, were kind of like lukewarm on Ritter. Is he the future there? I, I'm not sure. And I think more importantly is if they go in a different direction – You've kind of drafted some of these players, not that Drake London can't play in any system or Tyler Algier can't run in any system, but they're really kind of geared more for this Arthur Smith type of offense. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. And to your point about the running backs with Algier, I mean, the last game they they beat the Cardinals by a very narrow, narrow margin, yeah. very much like the Bucs on Christmas. And uh, Algier had 20 rushing attempts where Cordell Patterson only had nine rushing attempts. Yeah. Now, Patterson obviously was still using the passing game, so the Falcons are still getting usage out of him. But it looks like slowly but surely Algier's going to be that number one guy, and obviously yeah. Patterson's been in the league for a long time, so you know you don't know like how that's going to change from season to season. And this is kind of what you get at this time of the year when you're eliminated from the playoffs, especially at the quarterback quarterback right. position. You go, hey, let's take a shot with with this guy. Let's see right. if Desmond Ritter is the future. And that's why 
I am really intrigued to see if Kyle Trask will play this yeah. week for the Buccaneers because it is a very rare occurrence that any team, when you clinch a playoff spot, the, the conference, the division, that doesn't happen all the time. A lot of the times right. you have to do it in the final week of the season. Yeah. It is ex- hey, look no further than the NFC East, right? With the yeah, Eagles exactly. blowing at the, the last Cowboys. two weeks and not clinching, and you've got Dallas right there nipping on their heels. And it makes it even extremely rare that an eight and eight team yeah. does not have to play anything in in week in the final week of the season to determine whether or not they make the playoffs. So that's why I really want to see Kyle Trask in this game. And Scott, we can get your thoughts on if you think any of the starters should play, why they're playing, what the end all be all is going to be about it. But I just think with Kyle Trask whether it's next season or the season after, they eventually are going to have to make a decision, not just on Trask, but who is going to be the starting quarterback of the future. And obviously every year you get the mishmash of veteran quarterbacks that have been good at times, and then all of a sudden they taper off. Then it's like, have they just been in one system too long? Can they get a fresh start? Derek Carr obviously is the guy that we're all thinking about this year. Or do you go with the new you know, uh, a rookie in the draft class. Is there a specific quarterback that you like? Eventually, yeah. the Bucks have to make a decision on that, and we can look yeah. at all of the preseason games. We can look at all yeah. the training camps. Get him some live action against the Falcons team that I imagine are going to play their starters. They want to end yeah. the season with the win. They want to beat the Bucks, a division rival. Oh, yeah. Get Kyle Trask some important playing time. That's just my yeah. opinion, but I, I agree. know it, what you think. It's a big decision. It, it almost, to me, rivals what Celsius I'm going to drink in the morning, Matt. It really does. Do I do I go with, with, with the new Arctic vibe, or do I go with some old standby favorites like the tropical vibe and the peach vibe? So many decisions to make. But the one thing that Celsius makes really easy is the seven essential vitamins that they pack in every single drink. Folks, this is the healthiest energy drink, I think, that that's on the face of the earth. And it's also the tastiest, too. The peach vibe, it tastes like you're having a peach. The tropical vibe, uh, it, it's 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 a wonderful blend of tropical fruit. The Arctic vibe is is a frozen berry. It, it just, it's a fantastic drink. Um, the orange is, is my still, it's my favorite, my go-to. Uh, I'll probably have that three or four times a week. But I do like to blend in these other flavors. You see the watermelon, that's my wife Ashley's favorite. Uh, wild berry. And if you don't like the sparkling flavors, they also have um, some green tea additions, including a, a, a mango peach that is really good as well. My daughters both like that. So aside from the flavor, what you're going to get from Celsius is the energy that you want without the crash. And why Why does that happen? Because there's no sugar to have a sugar crash later on. Who wants to have energy for a couple hours and then four hours later, like other energy drinks, you have this crash because there's no sugar in Celsius and there's no preservatives. So you're getting all the flavor, all of the energy that you need, and you're getting it shipped right to your door, folks, when you use Amazon. That's right. Go to Amazon and buy Celsius in bulk. Use the subscribe and save option like I do. Save some money and get Celsius shipped right to your door whenever you want it. You can set it for weekly, bi-weekly. Uh, bi-monthly editions, you can have Celsius at, at your doorstep whenever you want it. Uh, again, go to Amazon.com and order it with the subscribe and save. You can also find out where to get Celsius around you by going to Celsius.com, clicking on the store locator, and maybe finding the nearest, I don't know, bodega that carries Celsius.
Bodega. Yeah, great question from Jay. Yes. Anitra. Very are they located question. in Bodegas? Yes, they are yes, located they are. in Bodegas. Yeah. So find the local one near you and make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official energy drink yep. and sponsor of the Pewter Report. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you asked me a question about, about the quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, if I, I kind of want to see all three play for selfish reasons. Number one, I want to see Tom Brady play just because he's perfect against the Atlanta Falcons. He's 11 and 0, right? Yeah. So I would like to see Tom go 12 and 0, and Tom Brady wants to play. He does. Uh, I also want to see Blaine Gabbert play just because Blaine is one hell of a handsome man. And I, and a, and a hero and a hero. Look at the, he's doing the Superman hero pose right he here is. on the graphic. It just, he looks like a hero. All that's missing is the Cape. So part of me wants to see Blaine Gabbert play uh, just because I'm curious what Gabbert 2.0 would look like, right? We've only seen glimpses of that hardly any this year, but you go back, you know, he played half against the Detroit lions. Uh, back in 2020, it was fantastic in that. Game. It was fantastic. <laughs> Two touchdown passes. It, it was it was fantastic. I, I also want to see Kyle Trask, but here's my caveat with Trask, right? Who is yet to dress for any NFL game outside of a preseason game, right? Uh, we do believe he's going to dress this week. That's kind of what Todd Bowles alluded to. My only thing with Trask is all we've ever seen him with really is either number twos or number threes. Correct. I don't know what this guy can do with the starters. I don't know what type of, of deep ball he would throw to a Mike Evans, right? I don't know how he would find a Chris Godwin down the seam for 24 yards, right? I don't know what that wide receiver screen to uh, Chris Godwin or to Devin Tompkins would look like, right? Coming out of his hand, going down the line of scrimmage. Uh, I don't know what those checks are at the line of scrimmage to a run by Rashad White or Leonard Fournette. I don't know how he would handle the pocket being protected by the likes of a Tristan Wirfs or a Donovan Smith. So to me, as much as I want to see Trask, I don't necessarily want to see him with a handful of starters in the fourth quarter of a game, either with the Buccaneers up or the Buccaneers down against the Falcons starters. I don't think that's a really honest measuring stick. So to me, I'm almost of the opinion uh, you you give Brady a couple series, have him put some points on the board. Remember, the Buccaneers jumped out to a 21-0 lead the last time they played they the did. Falcons. I think they can accomplish that again. We'll see. We'll see if, if this offense can can do some magic two weeks in a row. It's It's been a rarity this year. But, Matt, <laughs> it just seems to me, and nothing against Blaine Gabbert, right, but I'd like to see a couple series from Brady, maybe a quarter, maybe even a half. But then keep those starters in, whoever's going to play, keep those guys in for Kyle Trask and give him a more honest, fair shot to see what he could do. I'm 100% with you. And Brady's going to play because Tom Brady does what Tom Brady wants yeah. to do. And if he wants to play, he's going to play. In a yeah. perfect world, what would happen is Tom Brady only plays like two series and yeah. they just go no huddle the whole time. So right. Byron can quiet the the critics of which is pretty much everyone of like <laughs> yeah. see i went no huddle with tom brady right the bucks jump out to like a 14 nothing lead probably more risk realistically a 10 nothing lead yeah and uh then i'm with you I, we love blaine again he's a hero i don't really need to see blaine gabbard out there i know yeah. what blaine gabbard is going to give the bucks i feel okay about the fact that if blaine gabbard has to play one game for the bucks right. and win it 
I think he can do it for one game, kind yeah. of like how Nick Foles did it years ago for the Eagles when they right. beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. I know that Blaine Gabbard is the guy that's going in if all hell breaks loose and Tom Brady is not available. Right. But I yeah. am I am so with you because it just turns into another preseason game. If Kyle Trask comes in and he's throwing to Scotty Miller and Brashad Perryman yeah. and Devin Tompkins will probably still be in because he's a rookie. I want to see Kyle Trask throw it to Chris Godwin. And I think Godwin might be in the game because of, you know, getting the 1,000 yards. You just yeah. had a story about that I recently. Think he will. How he could break the receptions record. Let's see Kyle Trask with some chemistry with Chris Godwin. Hey, let's remember, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin – they also played with Jameis Winston. They've played with other quarterbacks. They right. make other quarterbacks great. So I would love to see Kyle Trask in that situation because, uh, to your point with the measuring stick, what are we really learning about Kyle Trask if he's going to throw a screen to Keyshawn Vaughn? And right. that's no disrespect to Keyshawn Vaughn. Right, but gets, we've seen that, right? We've, we've yeah. seen that in, in the preseason, right? Let's yeah. see him with an Evans, with a Godwin. Let's see him with Fournette and Rashad White. And, and let's see what he can do with, a, again, a pocket – with Donovan Smith, Tristan Wirfs, and the starting offensive line, right? I, I think that's yes. That will give this this team, even if it's a, a brief glimpse, a quarter, a half, three quarters, whatever, it'll it'll tell them something more that they don't already know, right? Yes, exactly. And to the point about Brady playing, and you know, there's talks of Brady wants to keep his undefeated record against uh, the Atlanta Falcons, which I get that, you know, kind of stick it to a team one more yeah. time. But if you're only going to play a quarter or a half or whatever, you get the win-loss decision whether or not you're in the game the whole time. So, like, right. what if he comes in, they're up, like last game, 21 nothing, or they go up 28 nothing. Right. They won't go 28-0. Say he leaves the game with the lead, they blow it, and now it's like, oh, he has a loss against the Falcons. That's <laughs> right. not great. Or what if he leaves right. the game, they're tied, and then Kyle Trask balls out or Blaine Gabbard balls out, and the Bucs ended up winning. Tom Brady right. always talks about earning it, and like it's more fulfilling when you go out and earn it. Is Tom Brady really going to feel like he earned that win and stayed right. undefeated against the Atlanta Falcons? I don't. I don't necessarily think so. So I, yeah. I get what Brady's going for, and you know what? You want to stay undefeated against the Falcons? Just don't play. The record doesn't yeah. change then either. So that's true. That's and it's like, how much are they really going to like? Todd Bowles is saying today, oh. You know, we still have a lot of things we got to fix. We got a lot of problems. Dude, you're in the last week of the season. Like, sure, there are some things you want to fine tune. Yeah. But to say we still have all of these problems, that's not great going into the playoffs. And we know a lot of the issues with the yeah. Bucs. I just, <laughs> I didn't love hearing that being like, we got a lot of things to fix. Well, you have one week to figure that out. And then it's do right. or die every single game on the yeah. line. We pre we have a couple super chats to get to, Matt. And we appreciate yeah. Zachary. Uh, Jarvis for his 499 super chat. I heard they might push the playoffs back a week because of the Bengals versus Bills game. Just want to know your thoughts on it. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. You know, the the NFL is in some uncharted territory here, right? With with what happened uh, on on Monday night, very tragic situation um, with Demar Hamlin, and, and it, it's it's um, it's certainly. A rarity, right? This is something that that is that is highly, highly, highly unusual, where you have this type of, of an injury that requires uh, an ambulance to come on the field and and to take someone to the hospital due to a cardiac issue, right? We've seen plenty of broken bones. We've seen neck injuries, right, where they're very careful and, and they'll board somebody up and, and take them to the hospital. Concussions. We've seen some serious 
concussions, but nothing to this level. And, and certainly uh, it's, it's uncharted territory and it, it, because we're so late in the season, man, this is not week yeah. five where you can adjust some things with teams by weeks and, 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 and maybe make some, some, uh, you know, s- some adjustments to team schedules right now, the playoffs start next week. You've got the, you've got this week, which is week 18. You've got division races, playoff seating still in play and around uh, both conferences. I, I don't know what, I don't know what the right answer is. I read a couple of, of suggestions on pro football talk. Um, I, I don't know what the right answer is to this because they they've kind of, um, it's, it, it's, it's tough. I understand them not, continuing to play the game. I was in favor of them yes, stopping agreed. the game and, and not playing it. Uh, I, I almost think you have to, um, I, I don't know. It, it, it's tough to even call the game because they're only what in the first quarter of the game. Yeah. Seven, first three? quarter. Yeah. It was seven, three. It was still very early in the first yeah. quarter. I think the most important thing though, of course, is, is the health of, of DeMar Hamlin and yeah. our, our thoughts and prayers are, no are with him. And that's obviously a, a really, really scary situation. And I know, uh, we're all hoping for the best. Uh, I'll keep talking about it in a moment, but uh, Todd Bowles did talk about Tamar Hamlin yeah, today, so I'll to just that. play his video uh, about what he had to say about the situation. Oof. I mean, your heart goes out to the family. You know, you, you don't want to make it about yourself when, it, when you see a guy go down. You really want to make it about them and the team and the guys that were on the field that actually saw it, you know, it, 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 it was heartbreaking and it still is, you know, and I, I have two kids that play football coming up and, you know, you think about that part of it and having played myself, you know, we chose to play this game and helps you appreciate uh, the little things that you think have going on in your life when you see something like that happen. So uh, my heart just goes out to the family and I you know, hope he gets better. Did your player? It's even more about football at that point. It's about yeah. his health, his family, uh, and everything uh, that that goes with it. So that's the most important thing. And yeah, yeah I mean, we haven't really seen anything like this before. I mean, it, it was absolutely the right call to to end the game right there to to call the game. Yeah. Um, and I think we're all taking the right amount of time to process this, talk about it, mm-hmm. send our thoughts and prayers, and then eventually we'll worry about. Right. When can they play the game? Because that was, you know, that was a battle for first place in the AFC. So, yeah, I, again, I don't I, I'm with you. I don't know what the right answer is. Right. They will have to figure out who is. Yeah. And you know what? The league doesn't know what the right answer is either, because if they did, they would have said what, what they're going to do. And so you have to, to operate from an element of fairness. Right. Because this yeah. is a this is a, you know, a, a league that is it's a competitive league. And, and there are a couple of mechanisms in place to give advantages to other teams. Like if you win your number one seed, which you get a buy, which the yeah. Bills were uh, and still are in contention for, you do get a buy, right? And so that means you have one less chance of losing in route to the Super Bowl. You have one last game to get players injured in route to the Super Bowl. So, mm. so it, it's not like this is a, a Monday night game without any real consequences right i mean it's not like it's the saints and the panthers where it doesn't matter right you're talking about two playoff teams here in the afc that that uh this game kind of does matter and then you have to kind of look at the fairness aspect of it too is is 
every other team will have played eight or 17 games over an 18 week schedule. And you have two teams, the bills and the, and the Bengals that did not play a full 17 games. Right. And, and so that's, Hey, we saw Tristan Wirfs get injured in an overtime game. Right. And, and that's and injuries are a big part of this. So I don't know what the right answer is. Uh, I, I, I know the right answer was stopping the game on Monday, yes. but they're so late in the season. I don't know what, with the right answer is not just for the Bills and the Bengals, but for all of the AFC teams with how this affects playoff seeding. No, exactly. Because if you push every if you push the playoffs back a week, well then every team that was supposed to play essentially gets a bye. So it favors right. everyone except for the Bengals and the Bills. And then Correct. the winner of that game, they won't be playing for two weeks because they would have won the number one seed. You have right. the bye because of everything that went on and yeah. then the, the buy because you earned the number one seed. And at that point, it's kind of like, I don't know if you want two weeks off because you want to yeah. talk about rest versus rust. I mean, having right. two weeks off and then playing a team that just yeah. came off an emotional, I don't care who it is, but the playoffs, you win a playoff game. That's an emotional win regardless right. of what it is. And yeah. I feel and, and awful you know because like, you don't want to, you're not putting right. the blame on the injury. Like that's super serious. And that needs to be handled no matter what yeah. first and foremost. Um, yeah, it just, it's just a really, really bad situation overall. It, there's no right is. answer. There's no there, right there, answer. You're right. There's no right answer. And listen, I tell my kids all the time, listen, life isn't fair. Don't expect fairness yeah. because life isn't fair. It just isn't. Uh, the league tries to make it as fair as possible, right? I, I don't even think Thursday night games are fair, to be perfectly frank with They're you. Be never, a, be a, it's a money it, grab. You know, it, it, it is. It's a money grab because you're putting these players that have just laid it all on the line and and a football game is the equivalent of a, of a car crash in yeah. terms of, of of the the wear and tear on the body, especially in the trenches. And so you have a game on Sunday, and then you're telling players you don't get a full six days to rest, and not just rest, but practice and recover. You get you know two days, three days really, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three days off of your recovery time, and you got to play again. That's not fair. So I don't know what the right answer is. Um, the league will tell us sooner rather than later, and we'll fit, we'll we'll see if it affects the Buccaneers. But Teddy with the super chat here, Thank twenty you, bucks. Teddy. We appreciate it. You think we make too much of Trask still being the third string? To me, it made sense that Blaine, who knows the system playbook better than anyone, would be in the, would be second, even if Trask outplayed him because Brady likes having his brain around. That's exactly true. We reported that. Uh, that's a completely factual uh, statement there, Teddy. Uh, the one thing I'll add is is this preseason. In training camp, more so than any Matt, was set up for Kyle Trask to take the step to beat out Blaine Gabbert. There were 10 days of practice and a full preseason game where Tom Brady wasn't there, didn't participate. And Blaine Gabbert elevated his play in the preseason, probably had his best preseason in training camp he's ever had. Not enough to be a starting caliber quarterback, but to hang on to that number two job. And Kyle Trask didn't. Kyle Trask made some strides, had some good practices. He had a lot of turnovers in training camp. And Matt, you were there for all of it. I, I don't know that 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 Trask did much to win that number two job. So it doesn't surprise me that he's number three. No, it doesn't surprise me either. I think the number one thing was just the amount of turnovers uh, in, in training camp. Now, you could look at it in one sense and say, okay, he's learning when he can fit the ball into that pocket. I think red zone really comes to mind for me. You could fit it in there, 
uh, and when not to throw it. And I think there's a, a balance of learning when to take risks in training camp and when yeah. uh, you just got to go out and do your thing. But I think everyone, I mean, there was, there were some practices where Kyle Trask flat out just like fell apart in, in yeah. training camp. And, you know, that'll happen from time to time, but it didn't happen with Blaine Gabbard when he was a rookie. I think, yeah, that's not really cause for concern. He's learning the league, take a crack at it next season. But I, I think the best example is that Tom Brady wasn't there and it was just Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbard, even with Tom Brady, not there. Shout out Ryan Griffin to Lane with a right. big win the other day. Yes. Ryan Griffin still wasn't even used. It was right. a two-man show with the two of them. And any media people watching, I think you all saw that Blaine Gabbert was the better player. So I really think that is concerning that a second-year guy can't beat out a veteran that's been in this league for over 10, 11 years now. I understand he's not going to be up there with the the knowledge of the game. And, and Gabbert obviously had a huge advantage being in this right. offense. But that excuse can only take you so far, all right? Yeah. And I think, la- like, next training camp, and we don't know if Blaine Gabbert will be here. It's the last last year of his deal. We don't know if Tom Brady will be here. Right. We, we don't know if Ryan Griffin will be here. But um, right. Ryan Griffin will be here. He, he will be, for as long as Ryan Griffin wants to be here. He yeah, will. in some form um, or fashion, yes. Yeah. If Kyle Trask doesn't earn it next training camp, I know we're talking about way in the future now, yeah. but if Kyle Trask doesn't earn it next season, I don't know if he ever will. So that's why yeah. I want to see him in the game. Show me something where we can come on this podcast, where we can write about it, where right. we can go on WDAE and talk about it. Show me something where I can say, well, he did this, this, and this good. If he can improve on that, and if he can work on this area and get that straightened out, I think yeah. the Bucks might have something here. But until then... It is a concern. It is yeah. a concern that he can't even dress on game days. And part of that is the Bucs only want to keep two, two quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yeah, right. But I don't know. I, I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Well, let's hear what Todd Bowles had to say about the starting quarterback uh, this week and the quarterbacks in general and also Kyle Trask. Yeah, we'll start with um, we'll start with what Bowles said on Monday about wanting to play the starters, just to add a right. little bit of context. Then we'll talk about dressing Kyle Trask, and then we'll get to Kyle Trask himself. So okay. bear with us. Play your offensive line. How do you weigh the potential of losing a key player that would greatly affect your chances the next week? I mean, it's football. You, you can't play 16 games and then we're about the 17th. You can't play three preseason games and 16 games and practice every day and say he may get hurt on the 17th game. He can get hurt the first week and get hurt in training camp. If you worry about that, you're probably going to get hurt anyway. We signed up to play football and coach football. That's what we're going to do. And everybody that loves football, that loves to play, will play the game. Injuries are going to happen. doesn't mean it happens in week 17, a playoff game, or preseason. Just got to coach it and you got to play it. You worry about injuries, you probably don't need to be playing this sport. Would you consider pulling some players after maybe the first half? I, I think we've seen that in the past a couple of years ago with, with your Super Bowl, when the Detroit game, when, when Blaine stepped in in the second half. Yeah, it's possible. Like I said, it's early in the week. We haven't made any decisions yet. We haven't met on it. We haven't talked about it. Uh, everything's up on, on the table. We'll talk about it and we'll move forward from there. situation if, if he, he may address he has a good chance of dressing thank you how does he handle being you know inactive for so long obviously you know he works and, and doesn't get rewarded so to speak on sunday but how does he 
He since he's been here, he every time I look out my window, he's out there working on his own. He has the greatest resolve and toughness and inner strength almost than any person I've seen. A young guy coming out, uh, he prepares every day. When his time comes, he's going to be ready because I see him working at it every day. He has inner toughness. He has inner strength and he has the drive and the will to win. So if you put that together, given the opportunity, I think he's going to take advantage of it. And last but not least, Kyle Trask talking about his preparation with the chance of playing this week. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to keep preparing like I've been you know, the past two years. Too early. I think I, I take a lot of pride in you know preparation and knowing the game plan, uh, treating uh, every day as if I'm the starter. Um, you know, if I am going to get the chance to play, maybe watch a little more film just to make sure I'm extra clear on my reads and things like that. But you know, if I do get the opportunity to go, then I'll be really excited and try to make the most of it. It's nothing you can exchange for live reps, though, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's the ultimate experience of live reps. Um, so if I get those, those will be priceless. Um, you know, hopefully, I'll be able to make the most of it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I want to go back to what Todd Bowles said just a second about Trask. I'm always a, kind of a big believer in, in the concept of nobody has to give you a compliment, right? It would have been easy for Todd Bowles to sit there and say, uh, we like him. His development's you know, right on schedule, and he practices hard, and mm. and we think he's got a bright future. Like It, it could have just he been something as simple. We ask of him. Yeah, yeah and exactly. And Blase is that, but it wasn't. And he expanded on it and yeah. kind of was was really glowing and and took it several sentences where it could have been a, you know, yeah, Trask, you know, he's, he's like you said, he's everything we want him to be as a backup. He's doing all the right things, you know, and, and uh, he'll get his shot one day, right? Could have been simple and generic, but it wasn't. So that tells me that Todd Bowles does think very highly of Cal Trask. Matter of fact, uh, if Tom Brady doesn't return next year, Trask, you know, will be in the mix to start. Uh, I don't think Blaine Gabbert will be coming back. I just a preference thing. I think, I think Blaine was a Bruce Arians guy. I don't know if I, I think that Todd Bowles likes and appreciate Blaine Gabbert, the person, but the quarterback that he's faced every day in practice for that, the last couple of years with, with his defense, probably seen enough to where he knows that Blaine <laughs> is not going to be the guy. And that's, that's okay. Uh, Blaine has a future, I think saving people. He's a hero, but with Trask, Trask, we we just haven't seen enough, and that kind of goes back to the point Matt and I were making early earlier. If you're going to play him, play him with Evans, play him with Godwin at least a quarter, just to see what what he can do. If you if he goes out there, and all he's left to to throw to is Scotty Miller and Rashad you know, Perriman, Rashad Perriman and Devin Tompkins, it's just going to be like another preseason game, and you're not going to get a real fair assessment to really gauge how much progress he's made. Granted, it'll be going up against a Falcons starting defense rather than a bunch of, of you know uh, preseason scrubs. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get a better glimpse at, at what he can do, but I'd like to see him with the full arsenal of weapons and see how uh, effective he can be at, at moving the chain, scoring points, things like that. This game actually makes it pretty tough to bet on because we don't know like how many quarterbacks <laughs> yes. are going to play or for how long. But maybe you're a true believer in Kyle Trask and uh, you think he's going to light it up if he gets into the game. You can go and bet on the Bucks over at uh, mybookie.ag. It's a new year and a new you, so give yourself a fresh start with mybookie. Whether you bet to earn or to make the games more exciting – 
my bookie gives you the most for your money with their redesigned deposit bonus. Just use the promo code pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, on a deposit of $50 or more to receive a cash bonus instantly to your MyBookie account. Using this bonus is simple. Bet your deposit amount just once, just one time, and you're ready to cash out. It's a no-strings-attached thing with MyBookie. Gotta love it. Yeah, you have to love that. No strings attached. A bet on the NFL this week, the UFC, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly online blackjack tournaments. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. Uh, this new deposit bonus is also a 10% cash bonus on any first-time deposits up to $2,000. The minimum deposit is $50, and the maximum bonus is $200. And uh, the bonus only has a one-time playthrough amount, which means that the bonus doesn't lock you in or uh, focus on the cash-in, cash-out aspect of the bonus and not the percentage amount. So once again, uh, cash-in, cash-out with mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Pewter. You could also uh, double your deposit on your first uh, deposit there, get a bonus. And even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So start betting away with mybookie.ag. Yep. You know, Matt, speaking of betting, uh, I, I I don't think the NFL is rigged at all. I think it's a legitimate uh, sports enterprise. And of course, there's gambling mixed in, but I don't think that, that it's rigged. However, one thing you and I talked about in terms of rigging is we kind of figured Mike Evans would win the NFC yes. <laughs> uh, Offensive Player of the Week award, right? That we, we knew that Brady and, and Evans were, were going to be favored one and two, right? Just in terms of, of what they were able to do on, on Sunday. Again, Evans won the offensive, uh, the NFC Offensive Player of the Week award, 10 catches, 207 yards, three touchdowns. It was one of the best days of any Bucks wide receiver, certainly for, for Evans as well. But we also kind of figured, man, I have to give you credit for this. You said, you know, watch Evans win the NFC Offensive Player of the Week award. And then, you know, watch Tom Brady win that FedEx uh, yeah. Air NFL Player of the Week award. And sure enough, we just got notification from the league that that's exactly what happened. Tom Brady with his 432 passing yards and three touchdowns and a rushing touchdown and completing 75.6% of his passes in that 30-24 to 24 victory over the Carolina Panthers won the FedEx Air NFL Player of the Week award. So the Buccaneers have a pair of Winners. Individual game winners, and this is a live reaction from Tom Brady. He's very happy about it. He's waving. He's like, thank you for the award. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, he's doing that. He's also waving to his haters because he's That's had right. a lot of haters the last That's couple right. the last couple of weeks for yeah. his performances. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, Tom bounced back, and, you know, we talk a lot about resiliency. He yep. was resilient this week. Doubt Tom at your peril, okay? That's yeah. that's the lesson right there is don't, don't bet against Brady. Uh, yeah. So, so we, we've we've uh, we've we've got some news here to break. We're going to continue with the Falcons preview in just a minute. But one of the things I did write about uh, earlier today, as it pertains to the Bucks and the Falcons, is uh, a couple of other interesting uh, little bits of of news, uh, and, and kind of how it pertains to the end of this season as well. the The Buccaneers' twenty twenty three opponents, yes, are just about known. And we've, I've got some graphics here to, to kind of break these down. The the home opponents, and this is kind of where it still factors in here, the home opponents for 2023, just about set. 
Obviously, the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints, Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans. They're the NFC South teams. The Bucs will play those twice each year, home and away. They will be facing the Chicago Bears, and this is the current record for those teams yes. right there. The Bears, one of the worst teams in the league, vying for that number one overall draft pick with the, the Houston Texans. The resurging Detroit Lions and Jacksonville Jaguars, two of the laughingstock teams for, gosh, probably the better part of two decades, right? <laughs> and and now they're both 8-8 eight and eight right there with the Buccaneers. Tennessee Titans will also be on the schedule because the Buccaneers, Matt, will be playing not just the NFC South start to, to finish, but also the AFC South mm-hmm. and the NFC North. And if you see down there at the bottom, the Bucs will either play the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys. And this week 18 uh, has, has got some deciding factors in not just who the Bucs are going to play in the playoffs this year, but who they'll play next year because Tampa Bay finished first in their division. They will also play the NFC West division leader, which would be San Francisco and the NFC East division leader, which will either be the Eagles if they win on Sunday. And that means the Cowboys would play the Bucks in the playoffs because the Cowboys would then be the number five seed in the playoffs. Or if the Dallas Cowboys win and the Eagles lose this coming Sunday, then that means that the Bucs would be hosting the Eagles, which would be the second-place team in the NFC East. And then next year, the Bucs would be hosting the Dallas Cowboys at Raymond James Stadium. So that's the first part of the home slate of opponents. And then the away slate, remember, because of the 17-game schedule, Matt, there's going to be an extra yep. game each year Last year, it was the NFC teams that all had the extra home game. The Bucs used their game to go play the Seahawks in Germany, and they won that game. So right now, Tampa Bay undefeated in Germany. They might want to look at playing more games there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely playing Germany more than London. Though. Definitely playing Germany more than London, no yeah. doubt about it. Uh, having said that, this is the AFC's year for the extra game. So the Buccaneers will be having nine away games. Again, Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans all built in. But because they're playing the NFC North, they will be visiting maybe the frozen tundra. We'll see when that Tampa Bay Green Bay game is. Is it going to be in September or October? Is it going to be later in the season like December? That's what they're hoping for. That's what they're hoping for. Not the Buccaneers, but the Packers. Then they'll be going to play the Minnesota Vikings right now as well. And then we talked about the Houston Texans and the Bears jockeying for that number one overall pick in the draft. They'll be playing both the Bears and the Texans. They've got the Texans on the slate, as well as a bad Colts team as well. The Jeff Saturday-led Colts team, which will they'll probably have a new head coach, yeah. I'm sure. And then a, a, another trip to the 49ers uh, out there west in San Francisco. They got pummeled 35-7, to but because of that first-place NFC South uh, finish and the first-place first finish from the 49ers in the NFC West, they'll be battling each other again. So a rematch of the Packers and the 49ers games from this year. And they'll also be playing the Buffalo Bills up in Buffalo. That That's, might be another can, cold weather can game. Can you imagine, yeah, if they play like two games in a row in Green Bay and then they go to Buffalo or something like that? That would be, well, yeah, that would be absolutely crazy if they yes. uh, went Green Bay to Buffalo. That would be so mean by the NFL schedule makers. But <laughs> yes. They have been mean to the Bucs before. They have before, yeah. I, I, li- I like what you pointed out uh, in your story uh, about the fact that, you know, they play some Double-digit win teams like the Bills and and the 49ers, the Vikings, who 
might be frauds. We're not totally sure. Right. And uh, but then they also play some of the worst teams like the Texans and um, and the Bears and, and things like that. And so, the Colts, yeah. Yeah, and the Colts. So it kind of evens out there. I'm very curious about when they played the Jaguars and the Lions because they are teams that are on the up and up. But right. I don't know if they can like sustain that for right. more than one season because exactly. let's let's face it, the Jaguars and the Lions have been a losing franchise for decades. I mean, the Lions right. had Barry Sa- at separate times. Barry Sanders, the greatest running back of his generation. Yeah. And Calvin, Calvin Johnson, Johnson the, the greatest wide receiver of his generation. And I think she made like one playoff appearance each or, or something like that. And yep. the Jaguars, outside of the boat, Blake Portals, haven't really made noise in a very long time. So I don't know how sustainable each of those organizations are. Um, but you know, we'll be curious to see, we'll, we'll have yeah. plenty of time to break it down, uh, in the off season when the schedule actually comes out next year, it's always fun when the NFL announces, they, they make a big announcement about this is when we are going to release the schedule. So yeah. as PFT commenter once said, it's the announcement to the announcement. So exactly. Yeah. Um, that's always, that's always right. a fun I one. Did, I did drop that. those two stories in the chat. If you want to read them uh, about Mike Evans winning the NFC offensive player of the week award on pewterreport.com, as well as the, uh, the story about the, the 2023 opponents. So the, the last opponent and the regular season for the Buccaneers this year, Matt is the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, if you remember the last time the Bucs played the Falcons, that was a much-needed win because they were coming off back-to-back losses to Mm -hmm. Kansas City and Green Bay at the time. And it was kind of a sack fest, right? Marcus Mariota was the quarterback. We saw, you know, Logan Hall get on the action. He had a sack. Deidre Sanat had a sack. It's interesting because uh, when you look at at this week's game with Desmond Ritter as, as the quarterback, Logan Hall actually sacked Ritter back in college when Logan Hall was playing <laughs> for the Houston Cougars yeah. and the AAC. And of course you had Ritter as the Bearcats quarterback. So maybe Logan Hall would pick up another sack. He had one against the Falcons the first time, but B to Bay might not play. So we might see more Logan Hall. I would like to see some of these younger players. We talked about the quarterback position, but I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, more Logan Hall, get him some 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 more snaps and reps, maybe arrest a, a guy like Will Golston and uh, Vitavea and maybe play more of Deidre and Sanat, right, uh, who had a sack, his first and only sack uh, in that last Falcons game. But play some of your backups and, and give some rest to some of the older players. Uh, Will Golston had a phenomenal game. Oh, Just he's been great the last game. couple of weeks. But, yeah, yeah. he was awesome last Sunday and uh, Brian Baldinger gave him a huge shout out, uh, you know, yes. on, on, on his breakdown. So good to see Will Golson get some, uh, get some shine right there. And yeah, the beautiful thing about depth is if you have good depth, this is where you get that advantageous situation where, where right. you can rest Vita Vea and not just because, Oh, Hey, he's our starter and we want him ready for next week. Right. I want to see more of Logan Hall. I think he got about yes. 35% of the snaps last week, and that's kind of like where they keep him to, even less than that. He actually got more last yep. week. I want to see Logan Hall get like 55%. I mean, why not? Like even Akeem Hicks, if you're going to play him, have Akeem Hicks on a pitch count. Let's see a lot right. of Logan Hall. Let's see Nacho do his thing. Let's watch Deidre Sanat. Pat yeah. O'Connor almost had a sack last I know. Week. I want to let's see more get, POC. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, let's Let's get Tupac in there. That's his uh, Instagram yes. handle. Let's let's get Pat O'Connor in there. Like they have 
guys that want to get after it on the defensive line. You know, he maybe right. even call up one of the guys from, uh, you know, from the practice squad that they have yeah. on the defensive tackle. Like, why not? You can do that at uh, on the defensive line. You can't do that at outside linebacker because they have no one else to play. So, like, right. Joe Tryon, Shainka, and Anthony Nelson will have to play. Hopefully, Carl Nassib returns this week. The uh, the Bucks injury report actually came out yeah. uh, a little bit ago. Uh, Carlton Davis um, did not participate with a shoulder injury, but he spoke to us in the locker room. He said he's feeling better, getting better each day. Um, Jamel Dean was limited with the toe injury. Mike Edwards was limited with the hamstring and hip. Julio Jones did not participate uh, with the knee injury. He's also dealing with an illness. Carl Nassib was limited with the pectoral injury. Yep. Uh, Logan Ryan did not practice with the knee injury. Donovan Smith did not practice with the foot. Vita Bay with the calf did not participate. And uh, Tristan Wirfs was with uh, an ankle injury. So a couple of those to monitor there. I would like to see Carl Nassib play just to give the other two guys a rest who have been playing 100% of the time. Yep. And I think it would be good for for Carl Nassib after a couple of weeks. You know, just get some reps in there. Um, yeah. I, I think this might be a game too where where maybe you you sit Leonard Fournette right and you go with Keyshawn Vaughn and and Rashad White is the one two punch. Teddy says Vaughn going to get two hundred yards. We're all going to say why hasn't he played all season? <laughs> I can see it now. You know, you mentioned maybe getting a player from the practice squad to come up, and you know the one player if I could pick any offense or any offense or defensive player from the practice squad to come up. I mean, especially along the defensive line, why wouldn't it be Willington Prevalon? That's Bring exactly Willington I, up and have him played week 18. That's exactly what I had in mind. Willington Prevalon, douse us with your defensive performance on the yes. defensive line. Yes, yes, yes. If Willington Prevalon <laughs> gets to the active roster, we will have him on the, the Peter Report podcast next week. There's, and we will wear a crown. I don't care if it's like a yeah. Burger King crown. We will yeah, wear, we'll, And uh, we will drink tea and crumpets, of course. Yes, yes, we shall. And you know what? Of course, we're talking about Willington Prevalon. You can't help but think of, uh, you know, the king and the queen in England. I've been watching out of the crown lately. And, uh, you know, they come from a pretty rich family and wealthy yeah. background. Uh they should be managing their money with Immuni Financial, and you should be too. I agree. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Dude, congratulations. We're so happy for Thank you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Immuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Managing your family's wealth, well, it means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. Folks, we're in the new year now. It's 2023. It's time to make sure your financial house is in order. Let the folks at Immuni Financial help you. They have over 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area and in helping clients across the country. That's right. You don't have to be a Florida resident to call on Immuni Financial. I've got most of my financial assets with Immuni Financial. I advise you to do the same. Let them advise you on how to best navigate the financial world and the economic climate we're living in in 2023. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864. Help support the businesses that support Peter Report. Give Immunity Financial a call, 1-800-868-6864, or visit them on the web 
at immuni.com. Please do go and visit them. Let's get to a couple comments before we uh, close out the show. <laughs> Callie Buck said, I forgot about uh, yeah, that was a running bit for yeah. training camp with uh, Willington uh, Prevalon. Hopster BB says, uh, the Cowboys are going to be one and done. They are choke artists. I do think we were talking about it yesterday. Like, who would you rather play? Yeah. The Cowboys, the Eagles. We both made our points. Um, the one point I forgot to bring up is the fact that the Cowboys, they do choke in the playoffs a lot. You can look they at do. last season yeah. with uh, Dak Prescott running and slides, but there's no more timeouts yeah. and they didn't get the playoff in time. So I think, I do think that is kind of like one of the things that. Do we lose Matt? Did Matt freeze up or did I freeze up? All right. Well, I think we lost Matt. Um, I'm going to go ahead and continue and we'll see if we can get Matt back here. Um, but yeah, I think to Matt's point, the Dallas Cowboys kind of our choke artists. I think the Philadelphia Eagles would be a much tougher task if the Buccaneers played with, uh, with, with the, you know, the Eagles uh, down here in Tampa. I was just uh, picking up your point there, Matt, in terms of, of which team would you not want to play? I, I'm going to take the Eagles with their 68 sacks. Yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather game plan for Micah Parsons and maybe, you know, Demarcus um, uh, Lawrence. Yeah. I was going to say Demarcus Ware, but that was, uh, yeah. that was a while ago. Demarcus right. Lawrence though, also a formidable yeah. pass rusher. Right. But he's not a, a double digit sack guy like Josh Sweat, Javon Hargrave, yeah. Brandon Graham. Hassan Reddick and Fletcher Cox, who only has seven sacks. So to me, that's that's kind of a no-brainer there. But yeah, I, I agree. I'd, I'd rather face the Cowboys, especially with their their uh, playoff choke record for sure. So a couple other notes about the Falcons. This is you know a, a game that that we're, we're not going to spend a bunch of time on because we don't necessarily know who's going to play. Obviously, the Bucks want to win. Do the Falcons want to win, Matt? I mean, I, we've seen really, really bad Buccaneer teams in years past just kind of mail it in, right? Just show up, whether it's home or away, for the season finale and just to get it over with, right? Just to end the season. The Falcons did win last week uh, at, against Arizona 20-19. to yeah. 19. It's a bad Arizona Cardinals team. But before that, they had lost four straight to Washington, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, and Baltimore. Uh, they actually beat the really bad Chicago Bears 27-24. So their last <laughs> two wins were against the Bears and the Cardinals. And before that, they lost to the, to the Carolina Panthers and the, the Chargers. So uh, if my math is correct, it's not Plant City math, but that's two wins out of the last one, two, three, four, five, six, out of the last eight uh, games. So they're two and six out of the last eight games. I just don't know if the Buccaneers start to really, you know, run them out of the gym, if they're going to want to hang around and, and really. Yeah. And they can't even play the role of spoiler, which like other teams right. can kind of look to that in that situation, right. but they can't even play the role of spoiler. They can play for pride. You know? Well, the, the one thing I do think of is, you know, there are guys I'm sure that are on one year, the last year of their deals, guys yeah. who play like fight season to season just to make the team. Sure. Um, and you know, I, I feel like some guys are probably playing for their job or yeah. at least the, the, the opportunity to play on the team last year or just be on an NFL team. So I right. always take those guys into consideration, but sure. If the Bucks jump out to a two touchdown lead, 
I, I don't think Atlanta's going to come back the way that they did right. the first time that they played the Bucs. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, if I'm the Buccaneers, I'm passing the ball like crazy, right? Like, you look at, at the Atlanta Falcons, uh, J, J, or, sorry, Grady Jarrett, six sacks, Lorenzo Carter, four, Ar- Arnold Ebichetti, two and a half. Uh, that, that's, that's their sack production. They've got 21 sacks on the year, right? They're, they've not gotten better rushing the passer. They don't do a tremendous job picking off the ball either. Only 10 interceptions this season. You've got um, um, Mikel Walker, the linebacker, Richie Grant, the safety, Jalen Hawkins, the other safety with two interceptions apiece. That's about it. The the Falcons are not great at, at taking the ball away. Only seven forced fumbles this year, Matt. Six fumble recoveries. Yeah. So Kyle, Kyle Pitts just has not really found uh, his, his rhythm at all. He's been injured. Uh, only played 10 games this year, 356 yards, 28 catches, two touchdowns. He has not been worth the investment of, of a, a top, was a top five, top six pick there. Uh, Drake London has been, uh, you know, exceptional as a rookie. I think he's got a bright side, 66 catches, 746 yards, four touchdowns. But to your point, yeah, you, you know, if you're the Falcons, Desmond Ritter wants to throw his first touchdown pass, right? Desmond sure. Ritter wants to beat Tom Brady. Tyler Algier at 900 yards rushing would love to get a thousand. So there's definitely some things to play for, but we'll just see how how it shakes out. I think the Buccaneers win this one big, no matter who's a quarterback. Yeah, I think they're going to win uh, regardless, kind of beat down on them. Hey, uh, before we wrap it up here, let's hear a message from Age Rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to Age Rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call Age Rejuvenation today. Folks, everything they said is true. I, I feel the exact same way, except I, I don't like to shop that much. So, But I do feel young. I'm 50, turn 50 this year. Be 51 next year. Actually, I guess later this year. But I feel like I'm 40. I, age rejuvenation works. I have low testosterone, like most men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. It's normal. It's natural. But the testosterone therapy helps. You get that boost of testosterone. Helps everything from sleeping better at night to weight loss uh, to your mental acuity and just your your vigor and and your your physical vitality throughout the day. I highly recommend it. Right now, they're offering $500 off of your first testosterone treatment. If you mentioned Peter Report, they also have got some weight loss specials going on right now. If they're still active, it was 50% the last time I checked up your first weight loss treatment. Go to agerejuvenation.com. They've got five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Tell them Peter Report sent you. Okay, that's about going to do it for that's a wrap. us today. That's a wrap folks uh don't you worry though uh we will have another show uh tomorrow be myself adam slavon will be on you'll never know who else uh you know maybe we'll have another guest on don't know just yet just 23 Um, hours away from right now exactly we got time we we got time and uh yeah thanks everyone for watching Uh, if you can just hit like and subscribe subscribe to the pewter report podcast takes you two seconds um helps us out would really appreciate that it's absolutely free so uh, until next time, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Out. Out.